Hey, what's up? This is the Leafs Convo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. Ask me about the 2021 Ford Bronco. You can order one right now. I can get it done for you. Norman London, Mike in Buffalo. The Leafs coming off a win over the Habs. Three straight now, tops in the entire NHL. Most goals in the league tied with the Edmonton Oilers. Things are going Really, really well, Mike. But of course, there's a bit of controversy in regards to William Nylander being benched for uh, the better part of the third period against the Habs. Where do you want to begin, man? Yeah, let's talk about the good and then we'll talk about the bad and the ugly. Um, You know, beating the Habs, um, I think, rather decisively, except for that 33 seconds in the second period, um, was, I, I mean, it's the Habs are the best or maybe the second best team in the North mm-hmm. division other than the Leafs and to beat them three or four times, which they have so far um, is a testament to how well the Leafs are playing. But, you know, the, the only thing that I'm, I'm concerned about and it sort of bled into their play this week is obviously, and we did the podcast after the, uh, the collapse mm-hmm. against uh, Ottawa is that, you know, that sort of stretch that the Leafs had, Many times last year where it's just, I call it a brain cramp where all of a sudden they get vapor lock and all of a sudden they give up two, three goals, four goals in a span and they don't know what they're doing. And last night, you know, they take a two nothing lead on two power play goals. Austin Matthews with this unbelievable hammer of God, one timer that he had. And then Travis Boyd with the power play goal. And they basically give it away in a span of 33 seconds. And, you know, they recovered and they played a solid rest of the game played well defensively in the third period, holding a lead, but it's always those, those brain cramps that really just stagger. I think a lot of Lee fans and puzzle me because a team that can play as well as they do shouldn't have these areas where they just don't know what they're doing. The Leafs a five, three winner over Le Rat in Montreal, Austin Matthews, another four point game. He's on a 16 game point streak, 18 goals, leads the NHL. Is he going to get 50 and 56? It's possible. Mike, how do you mitigate this malaise, right? They score a couple and then they give a couple back, maybe even more in a short time frame. How do you prevent that? Well, that, I mean, that's really the question because, I mean, if they can eliminate that, if they can, um, you know, just excise it from their game, mm-hmm. then, you know, they're – they're legitimately a Stanley Cup contender. Sure. They, they may be, they may be that right now, but I think that there there are still flaws with this team that need to be hammered out before the playoffs start. But I mean, I, I brought to you before before the show. It's like right now, Marner and Matthews next to Drysaddle and and McDavid, and sometimes they split those guys up and put them on separate lines. So you can't say that they're a combo all the time. But Marner and Matthews are the best duo in the league. Mm-hmm. But but the but the issue is, and we've seen this many a time, is can you win being essentially a one line team? Um, you know, Tavares is not having a terrible year. He's almost at a point per game, but you know he's got I believe six goals and two only two of them are five on five. So he's been mostly a power play creation. And as you mentioned, Neil Ender gets benched yesterday um, after in the final nine minutes of regulation as the Leafs are up two goals, and you see. 
you know, he scores two goals on opening night and that doesn't, doesn't score in seven games. And then he scores like five points in, in three games and then goes pointless in yeah. six. You you just, I mean, for a guy who is making the money that he's making and playing on the second line on a team that, uh, you know, that needs a second line to produce mm-hmm. right now, that combo is not producing. And the question is whether, Sheldon Keefe will split up the dynamic duo and put Marner with Tavares to get him going. And Nylander has always played well with Matthews, but you just don't want to mess the chemistry that's going on right now, because right now Marner is probably going to probably be one, two or three in the league and in points. Mm -hmm. And Matthews has a chance. You know, I don't think he's going to get 50 in 56 games, but he's going to push it. And the way he's going right now, he's just unstoppable. Yeah. The Leafs, want to see their players uh, reach then conquer these milestones personally but it all comes back to the team and how it's doing the Leafs should finish first in this Canadian division regardless of how you configure uh, the lines I'm of the mindset that it will be Marner and Matthews ultimately and that these two if together for a long period of time where, you, you know, success is continual, could become infamous, could become, you know, notorious as, you know, one of the greatest contemporary duos in, in, uh, in the game and, and maybe historically too. However, the Leafs uh, have enough firepower and should have enough confidence in the group to uh, at least temporarily make some adjustments. And if that means Marner and Tavares getting back together and um, 16 straightening 91 out and 34 doing the same thing for 88, then you do it. You shouldn't be afraid to to see what happens there again this team has so much talent from top to bottom any Mm -hmm. configuration should be able um, to to produce points on a nightly basis and to think you're beating the shit out of these canadian teams night in and night out mercifully we're half almost halfway through this 50 game 56 game stretch and i don't know if i can endure another one of these you know seven team uh, league type things but the, the Leafs should be able to make some adjustments, do a little experimentation with the idea that in the end, uh, when um, push comes to shove and it's all on the line, Marner and Matthews will be that dynamic duo up top mm-hmm. and everybody else following suit. Well, the interesting thing about what Keith did on Saturday, you know, Hyman comes back into the lineup after missing a game, after blocking a shot. And everybody assumed he was going to go on the left side with Tavares and, and Nylander because, uh, you know, he goes in the corners, digs out the puck, you know, gets it to the, the, the more talented offensive players. That's what he does with Matthews and Marner instead. And I liked what Keith did. He put Hyman in the role that he wanted at the very beginning of the season, which is on the third line with Ilya Mikheyev and Pierre Engvall. And that line was Really good. Engvall, I think he probably had one of his best games sure. of the season. He's, he's played well the last few games, getting regular playing time, playing big, I think, a, as Keith wants him to. And Mikheyev is flying all over the place. He had an unbelievable chance that Price robbed him on. But they played but it's perf- freeing, Mike. Look how, look how free these guys play. 
knowing mm-hmm. that they don't have to score, but they have the capability to score. And if they do, it's a bonus. Their job is to, um, you know, be that binding agent mm-hmm. uh, between between shifts and, you know, obviously show the opponent a different dynamic. A little bit rough and tumble, some speed, some energy in your face, youth, um, enthusiasm. By putting Hyman on that third line, it freed up Keith to experiment with Kerfoot on the wing with Tavares and Neander. And it that did work and didn't work. I yeah. mean, it worked in terms of Kerfoot getting the goal in the third period, mm-hmm. but that was with that was with Spezza on the ice instead mm-hmm. of uh, instead of Neander. I think I think he won the faceoff, and then and then they went back, down on a two on one, and Spezza made an unbelievable play. But that sort of puts into focus what the chatter is, and we have to remember, you know, we're almost at the end of February. That the trade deadline will be. I think it's April twelfth, and. With this team where they are, Kyle Dubas is going, you know, and the, the potential of them, you know, being a legitimate Stanley Cup ca- contender, Kyle Dubas is going to try to add one or two pieces mm-hmm. that can help before the deadline. Depth is the key in any, in any playoff race, in any playoff competition, and this year even more so with a compacted <laughs> schedule. So um, the talk this, you know, the last couple of weeks has been, rumors about Michael Granlin from Nashville um, that he apparently was the player that Elliot Friedman was sort of hinting about in terms of the Leafs being interested in. Apparently the Leafs tried to get him in the, in the off season um, as, you know, as they searched for inexpensive veteran free agents, they talked to Granlin, they talked to Connor Sheary, they talked to mm-hmm. Vladislav uh, Nemestikov, and obviously they signed Simmons and VC and Thornton. Um, Nashville is probably going to sell, start selling in the next few weeks. And Granlund uh, is somebody that apparently that the Leafs coveted in the past and may covet depending on the price. I, I don't like the fit of Granlund because he's a, you know, he's, he was really good in Minnesota. He has not been good the last few years in Nashville. Um, he makes $3.75 million. So Nashville is going to have to retain. What does he bring that. that the Leafs need? Right. And don't exactly. Have- Exactly. And that, that that's that's the question. I mean, okay, he, he fits in on the left side and they think as a as a good possession player that he would fit well with, with Tavares and Neilander. I really honestly, I mean, I would rather have Wayne Simmons on the second line, but maybe they don't think he can mm-hmm. play those kind of minutes. But honestly, if they're gonna go out and try to get a top six forward, I want him to get a top six forward that has size and crash and bang and yeah. you know, can bring some physicality. Now, those guys don't grow on trees. We were, we're talking, we're talking about Neilander and him getting benched mm-hmm. and he was, he was an eighth overall pick in the 2014 draft, two players from that draft. who are both 24 years old uh, are both in a situation with their teams where they're getting sort of hit, hit on the nose with a rolled up newspaper because they're not playing well. Sam Bennett in, uh, in, in uh, Calgary and Jake Furtanen in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Leafs are interested in either one. I, I think they would be interested in Bennett if they could get him at a, at a, a reasonable price. But it's something about players at that particular age as they're getting paid that you know they want to play their way and their way doesn't work. And mm-hmm. in all these situations, I, you know, I, eventually you know where I'm going. I think Neilander is not going to be a Leaf next year. I've been saying that the last couple of years. But right now they have to make do with what, what they have 
And, and if Kyle Dubas can find somebody before the deadline that can help this team go forward, he probably will make that deal. This is the Leafs convo for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com, Norm with Mike. It's disappointing to see Nylander benched. One of the top five guys. He's been in the league since 14. He's always only 24. Well, how old's Connor McDavid and these guys, right? Mm. Um, now you're, you're entering your prime now. How the hell are you getting benched? Like, wh- how are you getting benched? Why are you getting benched? It, it's, it's frustrating. Because... And then everyone will say, well, oh, he's elite and he's got all the skill. Of course. Why are you getting benched? Why are you benched? I know why, but to to those who talk about, you know, Nylander as if, um, you know, he really is the straw that stirs the drink for this team and he's just, it's, he's unfairly treated. Why is he getting benched when he's been in the league this long? He's a top, what the top, maybe the third best player on the team, fourth best player. Why are you being benched in a, in a game where your team is up considerably and this should be this should be easy right you, you could you could make the case that William Nylander in terms of pure talent is the second most talented player on the Leafs next to Austin Matthews the problem is and the problem that has been throughout his career we're always is, qualifying our description I, of of William Nylander there's okay hold on now there here's what I think but why? We're, it's 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 kid gloves well, because, with with Nylander and no one else. Well, because I mean, because and I compare him to somebody like Alexei Kovalev, uh, who was ex- incredibly talented. But the problem was, you saw that talent ten games a year, and the other seventy two, <laughs> he was he was a disappearing act. Yeah, and that's and that's that's what I think at times, and maybe that was the reason why Keith benched him because he wasn't getting what he wanted out of him. And he even said he even said after the game, it's not injury, you know. So it's the way it's the way he's playing. When he's on, he's phenomenal. Like opening night, like the three assist game when Spezza scored the hat trick. Problem is, he's not on every night. Mm-hmm. You know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have been on almost every yeah. night. John Tavares puts in an mm-hmm. effort every night. It doesn't turn out, you know, to be a dominating effort every every day. But they, but their their motor mm-hmm. is there. William Nylander has got all this talent, but he does not have the motor of a superstar player. And at a at a at a certain point, the Leafs are going to just get fed up and say, "We've got to move on from this." He he does not like physical hockey. That is clear. Sure, he 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 scores down low. He's good positionally when there's something at stake offensively for him. But defensively, I mean, he he's pretty contained unto what himself and where he thinks he needs to play. Um, we've seen him let players slide by. He just does not want to get involved in physical contact. Uh, he'll he'll never mix it up on behalf of his teammates. That's his style of play, and man, he's really good at it. But I don't think it's enough uh, to you know warrant the the attention that he gets from his uh, Nylanderites or whatever they call them, the, the, the those who are indoctrinated into his cult. And uh, conversely, those who hate his guts um, goes back to he is a complimentary player. 
Is he is he is he a front line guy? Um, I don't think so. He does not play fully to to be that kind of guy. And uh, after mm-hmm. all this time, he won't develop into that. But what he gives yeah. you uh, should be good enough. Unfortunately, his effort is just not good enough on uh, every single night, and we saw that in Montreal. That was that was really unfortunate. Now. John Tavares is is struggling as well, and we we may see these lines um, get shaken up a little bit to try to get eighty eight going, to try to get um, ninety one going. Does Matthews? Does ever you know? I'll, I'll see comments. Well, well, you know, if 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 Nylander could just play with Matthews, and Marner can go to the second line as if he's a second liner, go play with Tavares. Well, mm-hmm. maybe Tavares and Marner should be on the first line. And it should be Matthews and, and Nylander, number two, if this is the way we're breaking them up. Do you think Matthews wants to play with Nylander? Do you think, again, and not to shit on Nylander more, we look, like, okay, Nylander fans, we like Nylander. We just think he should be better. This is, this is nonsense getting benched. We, we like Neil, we like Nylander. We just want to anyway, see the A, the A game of Nylander more than we It'll never happen. So, and again, right. so now that he's, he, he is, isn't playing to the capability that everybody thinks he can. I mean, we don't hear much about his comparison to Marner because it all comes down to contracts and who's better. That that debate was never a debate, but it was because Nylander was hot and his fan base, you know, likes to pit him versus everyone else, and then they don't necessarily like to hear the shit that he gets, uh, even though you know they essentially started this this issue. Right? It's the the, the fans of one player talking him up over everyone else. And then when he's down, they don't like the fact that he's getting the attention. So we're kind of, and, we're lend, we're lending into that now, but again, mm-hmm. the Leafs are really good. Nylander got benched. So what else are the hell are we going to talk about? I mean, but do you think Matthews I mean, wants to play with Nylander consistently? Sorry, Mike. He, no, I think, I, I think he likes playing with Nylander because Nylander is a, a good playmaker and they've, they played well in the past, mm-hmm. but I think right now the dynamic combination yeah. of Marner and Matthews along with Thornton, mm-hmm. they, they love playing with Thornton. So, and, and the, the ability of Thornton to play on a top line role with li- with limited minutes sometimes stretches out the lineup more, which mm-hmm. is I think a, a benefit for them, but I'll just say this. And, you know, I know the people listen to this and when they, when they, they you know, they say, well, they hate Nylander. Again, I, li- I like him, but here's yeah. here's the reality, and nobody's thinking about this right now because everybody's engrossed in the season, and we should you mm-hmm. know watch how the season plays out and how the playoffs play out. Yep. At the end at the end of this year, Zach Hyman is an unrestricted free agent. He's making um, in the mid mid twos. Um, Frederick Anderson is a, an unrestricted free agent, and Morgan Riley is one way one year away from unrestricted free agency. The Leafs don't have the cap space to re-sign all three of those guys or maybe even two yeah. of those guys unless they move out a big contract. And they're not moving out Tavares, and they're not moving out Marner and Mar- Matthews. So maybe they move out Alex Kerfoot eventually, and you know that's, but that's only $3.5 million. The only guy they can move out to clear space to get a young – inexpensive assets back and clear cap space to sign the other guys is William Nylander. But Mike, I there say- is a belief among Nylander's supporters that he has a deal with Dubas that is ironclad. 
he, it's he over will with. Be, he, he will be a leaf as long as Dubas is the general manager. And then Poor those, shit. I know, but those who dislike yeah. Nylander because he's just such a polarizing figure and a lot of it's his own fault. And then also the fault of his supporters. But uh, those who dislike him think that Dubas is, you know, down the rabbit hole with Nylander and, you know, his, his career is uh, dependent upon Nylander doing well or not. I cannot think how under any circumstance Dubas would have guaranteed a player like Nylander, who is a complimentary player, Mm -hmm. the opportunity fully to be a Maple Leaf for as long as he wants to be. That's just effing nonsense. Well, I, I'll, I'll I'll finish it, finish it on this. I was in the scrum at Scotiabank Arena after the signing when Dubis was asked that question. And Dubis said, essentially, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Right, you know, right now we have no intention of trading William Nylander, but there, there was no, there yeah. was no, like, I'm never trading you. That's horse crap. It's not, that's mm-hmm. not the case. If it's beneficial to this team, Kyle Dubis will do it. And I, and well, I he, has think, a, he has a contract that can be moved out. And if he yes. were to be moved out for a even a lesser player, how much of an impact do you think the Leafs would feel? If Nylander were not on the team for 10 games, mm-hmm. would we get to the point after game five and say, geez, we need 88 back or we're fucked? I don't well, think so. I, well, no, because I, because right now, the second line is not producing with him. So what would it be mm-hmm. without him? I mean, it, you need, you need Simmons back. You probably move Hyman up to the second line. It, it, it affects the depth of the team, yeah. but I think it's something that you're going to have to sort of get used to in mm-hmm. terms of a reality going forward that Nealander is not going to be there eventually. And Ma- Matthews, Martyr and Tavares are. He's a polarizing figure guys. You know that he got benched. Uh, in a 5-3 win uh, against the Canadians. He's been in the league for, for six, seven years. It's unacceptable. So we're, we're talking about it. If Nylander goes on a run and, and kicks ass for the next 10 games, we'll be talking about that too. God, God bless the guy. Cu- a couple of players, Mike, I wanted to bring up. John mm-hmm. Tavares, is he, is he rounding second on his career? And again, I'm bringing this up now because he, he, I don't know if he's lost the step. He just doesn't look that great out there. He's not mm-hmm. in sync with Nylander, and uh, Nylander's got his issues right now, and it's just you know one guy who's struggling and another guy who's struggling. Uh, they're, they're not going to propel one another forward and figure out a way. That's why we're mm-hmm. even discussing the idea of, of uh, breaking up these lines. But Tavares, and he's been in the league, he was drafted in, uh, in 2009. Is, is he losing a step? I mean, should we kind of look at him now and think, well, you know what, his best years are behind him? Well, that's that's what people thought last year because he looked sluggish, and then he started this year, and everybody said, "Wow, he looks fantastic." I just, mm-hmm. I really, I really think that, you know, the whole dynamic with him and Nealander not ge- not gelling has affected things because you know they put Marner on the line with him uh, late in the third period uh, against Ottawa, and he scored a goal. So it's, I, I, I don't yeah, think he's, he I don't think he's round, I don't think he's round the corner. I think he's still a top flight. Uh, center in this sure. league. I mean, he's per is perfectly uh, slotted to be a second line center behind Matthews. Uh, he needs to score to take some of the heat off of Matthews. But when uh, 
when the uh, when Team Canada puts together their squad for Beijing next February, I would be surprised if Tavares <laughs> is not on it. That's amazing. The squad for Beijing. Oh shit! <laughs> These teams can't even cross the border right now. We're Beijing. Oh, you don't. Still, you don't have to. Day. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell me, Norm. Yeah, I know. Jimmy VC. What's his deal? Is this guy even worth having on the team? Well, I actually think in the last few games he's – I mean, right now he's a depth guy. He played on the fourth line last night with Boyd and, and Spezza. I mean, he's been effective as a penalty mm-hmm. killer. I mean, I think he's going to be a guy who's in and out of the lineup. They, I think that they, they got what they sort of paid for with the – it was eight or eight or $900,000 a year. I think he's an effective guy. He's just not the guy that everybody thought he was going to be when he came out as the Hobie Baker winner and, and thought he was yeah. going to be a power forward. But he's, he's, he's been an effective player. He's played a role, but I don't think he's going to score a lot of goals. He's no Fabian Brunstrom. Or Miroslav Inacek. Who else? Uh, Tyler Bozak. St. Louis. He won a cup. He, he's, he's, like a lot, <laughs> he's like a lot of ex-Leafs. They leave Toronto and go succeed elsewhere. Luke, Luke Shen, like he did last year. That's amazing. Leafs combo poll from two days ago. 227 votes. That's a lot of votes for us. Mm. Is it worth breaking up Matthews and Marner to ignite Nylander and Tavares? This thing is basically split down the middle. Uh, 11% say it's worth it. 40% say, sure, do it temporarily. 35% say no. And then 14% say never, like right down the middle. Mm -hmm. There is a belief amongst half the fan base that for the greater good of the team, you split what could be one of the great duos of our time. And and they're developing into that. Split them up and help them split them up and get them to, uh, ignite, light a fire under the asses of their teammates, which is a, an altruistic and, and uh, you know, a really selfless thing to do. The other half believe that this show, the 34th, 16 show is just so effing good that we just need to keep seeing it. It will carry the Leafs and the other guys can figure it all out. Mike, we should probably wrap here soon. A few more thoughts and we'll go. I mean, well, look at the look at the narrative from that was bef- that happened before last night's game. Austin Matthews has not scored in three games against the Canadians. He had three assists in three games. Mitch, you know, Mitch Marner had only scored one mm-hmm. goal career against the Canadians, and you know the talk was, well, the the, the Canadians are a really well rounded defensive team, which they are. They have Carey Price, mm-hmm. and and they've been matching up Shea Weber and Ben Sherratt against Matthews. Well, that was, was all shot to hell when Matthews scores two goals against them. So, yep. the 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 issue here is, and we know in the playoffs, if a team can shut down the other team's big line, they win, and more often than not, it's you know that big line is going to produce, but if a team can muscle up against Matthews and Marner and shut them down, then you have to depend on your depth to be able to score the odd goal. And right now the second line is not doing it. I think that they'll get started, but that's the reason why that 50% said, well, maybe you should split it up because then you'd have two effective lines. That's what Mon- that's what Boston does all the time yeah. with the Pasternak, Bergeron, and, and Marchand line. But eventually, they all come back together and play on that line. Are we getting caught as a fan base in a trap again with this team? All these damn goals, the dominance right now, we're approaching the midway point of this contracted season. 
are we getting caught up in this hype, Mike, and we're all going to be sorely disappointed once again when this team can't D it down? And, well, um, it, it, you know, Sheldon Keith can't get all these guys to buy into the right way of playing. That's 200-foot hockey, all three zones, regardless of your offensive talent. It, it Organically, it happens that the teams play better defensively in the second half. The, mm-hmm. the, the, what people see, though, is you've the top four players in the NHL in terms of scoring are all in the North Division. And you've got two teams in the North Division in Ottawa and Vancouver that simply can't play defense. So that that really, you know, affects things. But yeah. I do think that you know Winnipeg, Calgary, Montreal, Toronto could all sort of batten down the hatches. I don't think Edmonton can. The, the only way that they can win is by scoring seven goals, and that will eventually catch up to them. But um, yeah, I think eventually, probably past you know maybe mid to late March, teams will start playing more playoff hockey. And Sheldon Keefe has been successful, at least in the American Hockey League, in getting his teams to play mm-hmm. effectively two-way. So we'll see if he can do that in the NHL. It's all a rehearsal. And in the mm-hmm. meantime, guys like Marner and Matthews are putting on quite the show for us to entertain us, get us, get us excited. But it's a, a rehearsal for the big show that will begin when the playoffs commence. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that Sheldon Keefe can – be be the maestro, be the guy who you know keeps everybody in check. I'm sure Matthews will need a kick in the pants at some point. Marner as well. Um, you know, there's there's a lot at stake in this season, and, and that's why it's important for for players like William Nylander and John Tavares to, to to find their rhythm. And if it takes a mix up of the lines um, for the time being to, to get everybody going, everybody on the same page, then that's fine because all hands will needed to be, all hands will need to be on deck for when this, um, playoff thing begins. And isn't that going to look interesting? A bunch of players from Canada playing in Canada, taking on these dudes from the United States for the very first time in well over a year in a, a short series. I mean, that, you know, it'd be like the American League taking on the National League in the World Series all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're going to have that coagulation of, of Canadian and American teams um, when the playoffs begins. That That's going to be fun to watch, and you can imagine just how exciting that's going to be for the players, if not nerve-wracking. Real quick, Calgary Flames. Uh, yeah, the Flames again. Um, just more business as usual. What would you like to see from the Leafs in that game that you may have seen? Uh, against Montreal and in the previous games uh, over the past week that you want to see more of? Well, I want to see a continuation of that third line with uh, Mikheyev, mm-hmm. Engvall, and Hyman. I think it's a, a dynamic checking line. It's not going to score a lot, but they're they're all fast. They're all, they all have size. They all play with a certain energy and, yeah. and verve. So I, I, I want to see that line continue. The one concern, um, and I still haven't been able to get clarification on it, maybe the Leafs have a media availability today, is Jake Muzzin took a shot off of his leg uh, in the third period, continued on, but then late in the period. Yeah, to fully stick night, to the face, right? Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, but all I know is that he left for the dressing room early. Um, and he and Sheldon Keefe was not asked the question and in the post game uh, media availability of his status. So, um, this morning when they have their media availability, I'm sure he'll be asked what's going on with Muzzin, if anything is yeah. going on. Well, Muzzin. it looks like Toffoli caught Muzzin uh, with his stick, 
uh, just before he scored that goal mm-hmm. to make it five, three. Right. And um, there was a little bit of concern on Toffoli's part because he played with Muzzin in Los Angeles. So they're pro- probably buddies and he probably thought he had done something to him. And clearly um, something must have happened if Muzzin left the game and nobody's talking about it. I was going to bring Muzzin up uh, earlier, but it's been all about Nylander and Matthews and Marner. And, uh, Muzzin's looked really good of late. Uh, he's just looked really determined and obviously health plays into that. Um, lots of command out there and geez, when when you can have confidence one in one, two, or three, or even four uh, of your veteran defensive guys and know that they're going to be there like stalwarts, we could talk about the the um, the prowess of the offense um, all day long. It's it's even better to know that your your top defensive guys are locked in and buying into what needs to be done. Muzzin provides a big bodied presence that this blue line has not had in a while from a top, from a top four defenseman. I mean, Riley and Brody have been solid and pretty good. Um, but, but Hall and, and, and Muzzin have been really good as a sort of shutdown pair who play with size. Um, I mean, you saw what Muzzin and, and Josh Anderson were doing to each other and have done to each other over the four games, you know, he elbowed Anderson in, in, in the, in the chops yesterday, more, more than likely, in previous years, Anderson would have just run roughshod over the, the Leafs and nobody would basically call him on it. And Muzzin was there to call him on it. And that that is something mm-hmm. that's invaluable. And I think Zach Bogosian in, in a depth role, in a bottom pairing role, has done the same thing. He's, he's, he plays with yep. physicality. And that has been something that has been missing from the Leafs' defense for years. Yeah, you shouldn't have to worry about any of your, your veterans. They they should know their roles, know what they need to do, and execute it night in and night out. Especially against these bottom feeders uh, like the Sens, like Vancouver, in this tiny temporary division that is um, the Canadian group. They shouldn't be benched because of uh, you know a lack of defensive or team accountability. At this point, these guys should know what they need to do. So that when the, the new guys come in to, to help bolster or augment the group, um, there, is a, there is a sound structure in place. And, Mike, we can talk about Michael Granlin um, going forward. I hope it's not much more than uh, what we've discussed today because he doesn't seem like the kind of guy the Leafs would need to, 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 to help put, bring them closer to you know, full dominance. Just looks like a guy. Yeah, I, I, let's just say this. As we get closer to the deadline, there'll be more teams that are dropping out yeah. with more players. So the options in terms of who is available and who Kyle Dubas decides to go after will be plentiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never even heard Eric Stahl's name being mentioned from Buffalo because he's, he's in an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. I mean, would you take Eric Stahl on a, on a third line or as a winger? I think I would. Yeah, he's veteran presence has been around, has something that he'd like to accomplish before he hangs up the skates. Uh, what we just need to make sure is that this entire team is, is ready to skate, ready to work and get the fucking thing done uh, through the first game, um, through that 16th win to hoist that Stanley cup. You know, it's, it's nice to have the veteran presence there. It's nice to have guys who have a commitment and, you 
know, a, a, a reason to still be in the league, but can they handle it? That, that's the question. I think the, the, the bulk of this group can. Um, it's about augmentation and making sure that the guys who are amongst the leaders and the best players commit to being that night in and night out. And if not, you know, there's the door.